1: The future, so Ever wish a button could undo what you said at the office party? Ned, my office, now. A button for emptying the dishwasher.
2: Honey, dishes! If
1: you have sleep apnea but have trouble using CPAP, now there's a button to replace it. It's called Inspire. Inspire is a sleep apnea treatment that works inside the body. With just the click of a remote, that's right, just a button. If you're struggling with CPAP, great sleep awaits at InspireSleep.com. That's InspireSleep.com. Inspire, sleep apnea innovation. No mask, no hose, just sleep. Talk to your doctor to see if Inspire is right for you and review important safety information at InspireSleep.com
3: all right let me give you a little preview of uh, what we're going to be talking about t- today we will uh, start things out with a little conversation there's so much going on in the sports world talk about twins vikings timberwolves gophers what have you richard Bettino will join us after that then we'll have pj fleck at his normal time at 10:30. bobby bell On the field at Arrowhead Stadium, Uh, he'll be joining us at 1120. We've got Lindsey Whalen at 1130. Their season's about to start. And Glenn Mason will talk about uh, big all things Big Ten related and a little bit of preview for that Gopher Penn State game. So full list of guests today. But we'll start things out with a little bit of conversation. Sid, what are your thoughts on the Vikings-Kansas City game today?
0: I think it's a tough game to call. You don't know if Holmes is going to play. That's the key. If Moons are going to play, I don't think the Vikings should win. But uh, the one thing uh, gets good for the Vikings is that uh, uh, Kansas City is not very good on defense. They've had trouble on the defense.
3: Well, especially against the run. Bad, terrible run defense. Decent pass. Or good run defense? No, bad run defense. One of the worst in the league. Well, then Cook could have... A, A pretty good day,
0: and they could win. I think they got Thielen back. That's a a big plus, but uh, it's a tough game to call.
3: Mike, we're watching for reports on both Thielen and Mahomes. (laughs) Uh, We got mixed reports on Mahomes. We should know in about 10 minutes because they have to file that, but he apparently is on the field. Thielen has been out there working his hamstring
4: to see if it's good enough. I don't know what would be the final test on that before you say you're going to activate him or not. Doxton was back at uh, practice this week, and uh, we still don't know a lot about him. We, know, Cousins maybe knows something about him from Washington, uh, but we don't know a lot about him. And they do, they do not want to keep going with just, you know, they love the fact that they spread it around, but they do not want to have it digs and BZ Johnson and try to figure out a way to get to your tight ends, and your running backs. They really want two good receivers, veteran receivers out there, although Cousins has kind of relished this, I think, the last couple of weeks, proven it. Thielen looks like you know what we saw on uh, TV shot that he's uh, pretty healthy and ready to go. Um, uh, Sid said it with Mahomes, you know, all bets are off as to whether or not he's he's going to play. Although they were pretty dynamic last week with with Matt Moore yeah. uh, at quarterback, and and obviously it's it's different. But you, you forget, and I talked to Mike Zimmer about this this week. They got a whole lot of speed weapons on that offense besides
3: Mahomes. You know, if I'm Kansas City, I'm not sure why i play mahomes today they're they're being chased and not very aggressively by san diego so i think uh, i need i've i think san diego plays the packers today probably an underdog in that if game the bears had not given them that game last week yeah. yeah exactly so i'm not sure why they would rush mahomes back against one of the toughest defenses in the league this isn't a, an absolute win game for kansas city
4: you know sometimes they'll they'll even allow a player to go through all everything and they know they're going to deactivate him but they yeah. want that player to think that We're with you 100%, and if you can get ready by game time. Uh, The the one time that I remember uh, was when they played the game at TCF Bank Stadium after the dome collapsed, and Brett Favre was no way going to play. And all of a sudden that day, Monday night, you heard heard he's throwing somebody (laughs) in the ballroom over at the Hilton Hotel. And the next thing you knew, he was in the game, and it looked like he had no way he was ever going to play that week. And maybe Mahomes is built that way a little bit. I don't know.
3: Yeah, we don't know. We're going to cover two other topics in this opening uh, segment here. Sid, uh, it's too bad about the Timberwolves. They don't have a chance without Carl Anthony Towns. I didn't think they
0: could be through
3: <laughs> What a game. I assume you watch most of it.
0: Without, uh, without the big man, uh, unbelievable. They sh- they hit everything they threw up there. <laughs> Yeah, they, we'll see how good they are
3: tomorrow night. Well, they've already well, won a lot more games than people thought they would have maybe won before Christmas, Mike.
4: Well, and look at this week. So, so Milwaukee tomorrow. Yep. Right? That, that's fair to say. That's, that's a pretty good test for them, uh, especially without Towns. But uh, this whole thing about, you know, the, people get caught up in schedule. If you play Kansas City without Patrick Mahomes, you've got a pretty good chance to win. On Friday night, they're going to get Golden State. Well, who's missing from last year? Let's see: Durant, Clay Thompson, and Curry. Other than that, it's nobody the same else. Team. I mean, they're <laughs> almost attacked except for those three guys. Yeah, they're right there, and they've, they've actually improved themselves in the draft. Uh, it's,
0: it's Golden State is a, is is getting killed by uh, other teams. They don't have, like he said, right? They don't have Thompson. They don't have uh, Durant. They don't have. Uh, a couple of players.
3: Well, now Curry's out three months. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, Curry's curry's out practically till playoff time. So uh, it's going to be a tough year there. It's going to open up things in the West a, a little bit. Uh, I thought Philadelphia looked awfully good. But aside from that, mm-hmm. the Timberwolves have looked as good or better than those teams they've beaten. And uh, those are some decent teams. I think we may have to reevaluate the Timberwolves. And, and, and what, do you, what
4: did you guys think coming out of the fight would be the suspensions versus what they I – mean, initially I thought it was going to be more severe. And then I talked to some people and they said, hold on. As long as no punches were thrown, nobody left the yeah. bench. The NBA does not want to suspend impede, and Towns
3: in the worst way. Uh, wrestling matches and fistfights are two different things. And I think shoving and guy falls to the floor in a headlock, okay, that's going to get you a game or two. You start slugging it out, maybe get move it into the crowd, then you're going to look at a longer suspension. I thought two games was about right. Sid, were you surprised at the length of the two, just the two-game suspensions? I, I'm going
0: to right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe we're going to do something. Uh, you, you can get used to that, especially who the players were. They <laughs> they had, don't have, they don't get along, they had, they don't get along in the previous, <laughs> so it was, uh, Sure, it's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah,
4: Embiid's an agitator, but somebody inside the Timberwolves brought up an interesting point. He said, don't think for a minute that Jimmy Butler didn't go to Embiid when he got to Philadelphia and said, go right at Towns all day. He's soft. And don't think that Towns didn't say, I know what Jimmy Butler said to yep. Embiid, and I'm going to prove to him that I'm not soft. A really interesting dynamic
3: playing behind yes. the scenes. Yes. I, I'm going to try to cover a bunch of points in this segment because we, we don't have a guest, and that's unusual at the top of the show. Sid... What do you think the Twins are likely to do in re-signing their own free agents and going aggressively after other free agents?
0: If they want to sell a lot of season tickets to next season, they're going to have to do something. I mean, I don't think the people are going to buy tickets if they don't sign a pitcher or two. I just there's no hope for the present pitching staff at all. I mean, the one guy they got... uh, uh Yeah. Uh, they can bring uh, Gibson back. Uh, they, they don't have the one guy who got suspended. So the,
3: Well, well do, you th- do you think they'll work out a deal with Pineda? Huh? He, he, you could argue that before he got suspended, which is a little hard to forgive, he was for six weeks their most effective pitcher. Uh, he was a good
0: pitcher before... He gets suspended. But they don't have any pitching.
3: But, Will, do you think they will be uh, successful in making qualifying offers that would be accepted by one Pineda and two Oda Rizzi? Well, we'll
4: see what happens. Right, Mike? I
3: think Oda you're going to have to overpay for it, to an extent. Yeah,
4: see his stock be... rising on the national uh, scene? Yeah, I mean, his he, he, numbers are good. He's an all-star. And, and, and I, I don't necessarily think he's your guy. But I think, you know, given the twin situation, he's in a really good bargaining position uh, because until they can sign somebody else that fortifies that, he's sitting there in the catbird seat right now. You know, when you watch the World Series, (laughs) I'd take the number three pitcher from each one of those staffs and make them one and two
3: on the the twin staff, wouldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. I think that was a glaring difference uh, in the team. And, you know, right now it's a misnomer to talk about the twins' rotation. They don't have a rotation. Mm -mm. they got two. Uh, you know, two potential starters. I don't think Gratterall. I think long-term Gratterall sure. is really promising. To count on him next year is really premature. I'm not as negative as Sid, however, based on the track record of these two guys. I think the the Twins have been about as aggressive as anybody in the free agent market, just not at the very top of the market.
4: No, And, and, the, and the thing that they now have is something to sell.
3: You know, hey, come play, you, you can have a four ERA and you can, you can
4: win 16, 17 games here. Come on over here. Just throw strikes. We'll do the rest for you. We'll get you your runs, and and I'll tell you, last year was uh, again, in in the archives of Minnesota sports, you've got to put the Twins' regular season somewhere in the top five of just plain fun. Oh, and that's absolutely why it, it, it fun! Sits, but I think they'll sell a lot of tickets because
3: that was so much fun last year. It was. If you could replicate that, yeah, have a good season. But if you want to go deeper, you need the pitching. Mm-hmm. All right, the last point. We got about a minute and a half here, Sid. This finish this sentence. The Gopher Penn State football game is the biggest Gopher football game since when?
0: I wept way back when Warmeth was really? coaching. Wow. I don't, when he was in the Rose Bowl. But they haven't sold out. Yeah. I can't believe it. I mean, if they don't sell that game out, then there's no hope. Her a lot of those seats football.
3: remaining are very expensive seats uh, because they're in the the prime donation the seating area. Mike, biggest football game? Go well, for game. It's real simple to me. Uh,
4: when they went to Wisconsin, if they beat Wisconsin a few years ago, they'd go to the, the Big Ten championship, championship. game. Yep. David Cobb was hurt, remember? They did yep. everything to get him back. And it was one of those deals. They each had, what, two or three losses or something. So it wasn't like they were running the no. table. But if they won that game, they won the Big Ten West, and they went on to play... Ohio State, who absolutely took Wisconsin apart that year. Destroyed them. Yeah. Yeah, as you remember. But that was easily the biggest game
3: because they had a chance to win the Big Ten West that day. I'll go back to one we haven't mentioned, and that was the Friday night massacre uh, at the Metrodome when they got off to such a great start against Michigan, and people sitting there finally started to believe it. And then Michigan came back in the fourth quarter and won the game. We're going to ask Glenn Mason the same question. Glenn will be our last guest today. We're going to get his prediction. That'll be on, our last question. Well, we, ask we, we may we may <laughs> make that one the last question, but we're going to get his prediction, and he's he's excited to go on.
4: He, you know, one one more thought on that Michigan game because we always have these debates about Minnesota and people come out to watch them. Here's the thing about that Michigan game. That was up against high school football. Yeah. It was a Friday night. There was no – and they sold the place out and it was
3: yeah. packed, right? Because oh, it people, was. A yeah. Electric crowd.
4: The, the point being, you know, we get a lot of caught up in, well, there's this going on and that going – no, if 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 you give them something, I think they'll sell out the Penn State game. I do too they will show up, and that night was in, because remember, it was all because the Twins, in case they went to the postseason, which they didn't, yep. that, that Saturday I'd be, I'd might have been. Friday. Friday.
3: Yep. So it made no sense, this last-minute adjustment, and yet people showed up in throngs, and you still hear from them today. Uh, that, that's absolutely right, but you're, you're right. Maybe Minnesota's also, well. you know, it is the start of bonfire season. Exactly, uh, no, yeah. They come and, up with something, right. yeah. we got to take a break here. When we come back, uh, we're going to get into our uh, guest uh, list, uh, starting with Richard Patino. A lot of interesting things going on in Gopher Basketball. We'll talk about that right after this. You're listening to Sports Auto with Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. Time to talk Gopher Basketball. Coach Richard patino is standing by to talk to us. I will see uh, Coach patino tonight at his Coaches versus Cancer uh, event at Interlochen. If people want to come in the last minute, Coach, are there, are there st- is there still a way to do that?
1: There are still uh, tickets available, coachesversuscancer.org, Minnesota. Um, you can go on there buy the tickets. It's, it's pretty easy, uh, pretty painless, and obviously goes to a – great cause. Um, so it's five thirty tonight at interlocking country club. And um, you know, all are welcome. We've, we've, we've been doing this for a couple of years now. We've raised over $300,000. Um, you know, obviously so many of us have been affected by this terrible disease. And, you know, if I can be a small part of helping move this thing forward, uh, let's do it. And, you know, I think the numbers show that things like this, it, it is working, you know, and, and the amount of awareness and the amount of, uh, money that's being donated is making a difference, so we got to continue to do it.
4: And you, you see Bill Kelly in a
3: three-piece suit maybe, huh? Well, uh, He won't have the best. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> no,
4: I don't think so. Uh,
3: and also, if people have not seen uh, Coach Patino's sense of humor, his introduction of the players at this event is not to be missed. All right, time to talk. Go for basketball, Sid. Hey,
0: are you all excited about your team? If there's one player that you think is uh, going to be outstanding, Uh, among the the new players who would that be
1: you know it's really hard to tell just because i um you know it's we've got so many new guys i haven't seen them on the court so i haven't seen them perform just yet you know i mean i see them in practice certainly understand um what they can give me on a daily basis but until the lights come on you really don't know um doesn't mean that we can't be good you know but it's going to be a it's going to be a learning experience for those guys, but we're excited about it. You know, I mean, I think we're excited to get started on Tuesday. It's um, it's something that I know our guys have been working very, very hard, but they're really, really ready to go.
4: Peyton Willis, you know, we've, we've heard about him. We've, uh, you know, I say this cause players have talked a lot about him in practice Do you, you know, and Marcus Carba. Do you get a sense when, I always think when guys practice when they transfer a red shirt year, it's easier for them to be impressive cause they don't have as much pressure on them as they do. Once they're in a rotation, once they're playing six minutes at a shot and once they're not on the scout team, how do you evaluate through that?
1: Well, it's, it's 100% a difference. Um, you know, it's it, it, it's, a, it's a learning lesson for us all uh, because if we can somehow play freely and not put too much pressure or stress on ourselves, yep. we're always better. You know, we're yep. better when we're at our most comfortable. Um, you know, the problem is in our league and in our level, you're going to be uncomfortable. So we always have an expression with our guys to embrace that uncomfortable. Um, you know, and for Peyton, he has been good, but it's like you just mentioned. I mean, it's 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 easy to be on the scout team and, you know, play with free reign, um, you know, but I think he's, I think he's talented. I think he's very, very efficient. He takes good shots. Uh, he's solid across the board. He can make shots, um, you know, and with, with Amir coffee, going to the NBA, it's very, very important for Peyton to step in and play meaningful minutes.
3: Richard, going back to to Sid's question, you actually have new new players on the team and old New players on the team. Among the the true freshmen, what are your thoughts so far? And I know at least one of them we were here going to see wasn't in uniform for the the exhibition or preseason non conference game, whatever you want to call the, the game last week.
1: Yeah, we we have seven newcomers. You know, seven of of thirteen that's a lot. And four of them are freshmen, and the other three are transfers. So obviously, we need those transfers to act old, you know what I mean, and and, and understand what it takes. And they've played at the high major level. Alihan's played, uh, obviously, at Division I level. As for the freshmen, all very, very talented, Um, all got to learn, you know and I mean? they just got to figure it out. So much of um, playing at our level is obviously being good, but being able to be rock solid at every phase of the game and be extremely disciplined. And that's something that freshmen struggle with a little bit. Uh, All four of our freshmen are very willing to learn and willing to get better um, and willing to work. But now it's just a matter of understanding all the new terminology, understanding what we're doing defensively, offensively, but it's a talented group. It's a fun group to be around. They're good guys. Um, Isaiah Enan, like you mentioned, he's been uh, injured with a wrist injury. And, uh, you know, he'd be very doubtful for Tuesday. Um, You know, so he's just got to have some rest. And obviously that right wrist for a righty is very, very important. So we'll just take our time with that one.
3: All right, Sid's got a question, Sid.
0: You were very upset last year when the car was, was ineligible. Has he turned out as good as you thought he might be once you got him to play?
1: Well, I think the hard part with all the waiver process is we, none of us really know who's getting cleared and why they're getting cleared and what the reasons are. Um, and for our situation with Marcus, uh, it's totally different than everybody else's. I, I do feel like if a coach gets fired, um, you know, a kid, a kid should be able to transfer and play right away. But the problem is, is there's no real uh, legislation for that yet. I think it'll get to that at some point, but it's just not there just yet. Um, with that being said, I think Marcus is really, really tough. He's competitive. Uh, he's physical, you know, you sometimes forget he's only a sophomore. He's kind of like Gabe in that sense a little bit. Like he doesn't play like a sophomore. He doesn't look like a sophomore, and that's a good thing.
4: Richard, uh, along, you know, last year in Des Moines, uh, you guys beat Louisville, lost to Michigan State, and uh, obviously the injury to Murphy and all those things. But if if you were there and I was for both games, it, it, Minnesota kind of overtook the city, at least the arena, and it was, it was huge and it was big, and you could feel that. You felt how big it was when you beat Louisville. You felt, you know, you were in the big dance and all those things. What does that do? for a team in a program, for Oturo, for Kelsher, you know, to taste it, to see it, to see where they're short, to see what they do well, all that. What does that do? Can you quantify that?
1: No, it's huge. I mean, it's, it's, we're, we're in the, I think for everybody as an athletic department and, you know, with us and with football and uh, with men's hockey, obviously volleyball volleyball's had great success I know women's basketball. We're trying to get to the level of where we have sustained success and our fan base—they're—they're they're dying for it, you know. They're just—they're just—they're just so eager for it. And to have an experience like we had in Des Moines gets them wanting to come back for more. The fans, the players, recruits want to be a part of it. Um, you know, I mean, I've been to many NCAA tournaments in my life, and I have never seen for an opening game that good of a crowd in Michigan State at a neutral site venue. Uh, it was just disappointing, obviously, that Murphy and Motts and Eric Curry were hurt versus a very, very physical. Uh, Michigan State team. Uh, but, you know, when you're building a program and you're trying to get sustained success, you need players in your program who know what it takes to get to the NCAA tournament. And experience is a huge, huge factor. So hopefully you guys that have been there before uh, can talk to the young guys about it. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where when you get there, you're just dying to go back because it's an unbelievable experience. It's very hard to get to the NCAA tournament. Only 19% of our game go. So I'm proud of the fact that we've been to the last three years. Hopefully we can get back again.
0: Mr. Patino, always a pleasure to have you in the air and for being out in the air. Murray's loves it. When you come in, you're going to get another great Murray State, the best one
3: in the country. Thank you.
1: All right, thank you guys. See you tonight. Yep, season right.
3: opener. Remember, season opener, Cleveland State, 7 o'clock, Tuesday night tickets available. Back with PJ Fleck right after this Sports Huddle. Sid, Dave, and Mike. All right, we are back. Uh, we were earlier trying to remember when there's been as much anticipation for a Gopher football game as there is for the one coming up on Saturday. If you're just listening to weather, forecast pretty good. Partly sunny, high near 38. Sid standing by to talk to us right now, Gopher coach PJ Fleck. PJ,
0: have you ever had a game? That was more important to prepare for than this one this Saturday well they're
5: all they're all important, or you don't get a game that's important. you know you've got to handle every game the same. Um, we understand uh, what's on the line. Our players have earned to have that type of pressure that they feel. Uh, but this is really good for the state of Minnesota. This is really good for the Twin Cities area, our university, our fan base, and our student body, and especially our players. and so we've got a long way to go. We got a lot of time to prepare, which we'll take full advantage of. But we've got to be able to play better this week than we did two weeks ago.
0: Are you healthy a hundred percent for this game?
5: I don't think you get a hundred percent since the first day you report to August camp. Uh, after that, nobody's healthy, you know. So you've got to find a way to be able to get as healthy as you possibly can, uh, and we're working on that.
0: Does Penn State have any weaknesses?
2: <laughs>
5: Hard to find them if there are. Uh, James Franklin's uh, one of my best friends. Uh, one of a, a tremendous uh, football coach. He's done a great job at Penn State. Uh, you know they play basically play twenty two guys on defense. They have depth everywhere. They rotate guys. Uh, they're very very talented, and then offensively they're playing very efficiently. I mean it's been it's been well documented how good their defense is, how deep they are, how long they are, how athletic and fast they are. Uh, we just have to be the best football team we can be. Uh, they're really good on offense. Uh, K.J. can make plays, maybe one of the best playmakers in the Big Ten, and the quarterback's playing at a very high level right now. Uh, And it's no surprise, James is a tremendous football coach, uh, and he's getting the most out of his football team for sure, and they put themselves in a position uh, to fight for a playoff championship.
4: P.J., what do you do with an off week when you do have the the, uh, rare opportunity to have that bye week in two weeks, and and have you learned over the years? how I'm not Western. Did you have bye weeks as well? I don't even know.
0: Well,
5: you know, at Western we were in Maxon, right? So we played on Tuesdays, Wednesdays. Thursdays.
4: Yeah, you're all over the, the map. All, yeah,
5: and we were all we play on a Saturday. They wouldn't play till next Thursday. So there were built-in bye weeks, and then there was four-day weeks where you'd, you know, you play on a Saturday, and the next you're playing on a Thursday or a Wednesday. Uh, so we had it all, and I think that helped prepare us, uh, even just when we get here, and taught us a lot about how to be able to deal with short weeks, long weeks, um, you know, ten days, fourteen days, two or four, four-day turnarounds. So we were we we, we handled that uh, a lot when we were back at Western Michigan. Um, you know, we we practiced last week Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then gave the players a little bit of time off. We had a kind of a thing on Friday morning. After that, uh, they had a few days off, and then we practiced again this afternoon. And then tomorrow's their day off, and then we get into uh, the actual Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday of game week, which is normal. Uh, but it's giving you a, a head start, just like I'm sure Penn State's got a head start on us. We also went out recruiting this week. Uh, A lot of coaches left Thursday, Friday, and Saturday to go out recruit uh, for 2020, also 2021, uh, and future years. So I think we got a lot done.
3: All right, uh, follow-up to that, PJ. Your thoughts on recruiting, what percentage of your time did you spend solidifying uh, the last members of the 20 class vis-a-vis the 21 class? And then secondly, your performance on the ice. Uh, I thought you looked better as you got warmed up.
4: That's a nice way of saying it, Dave. i uh, will try to find a way to phrase <laughs> that. I, I Appreciate that.
5: That is a very, very <laughs> passive-aggressive way to say I did. Improvement uh, was great. Yeah, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, yeah. To, to improve, you must have been really bad to begin with. Didn't say that, that. was a wonderful op- That was a wonderful opportunity that um, you know Bob Mosko asked me to do, and, and I, I love our hockey team. I love all of our sports, and if uh, you know if, when, he, when Bob Mosco asks you to do something, you pretty much do it. And, uh, you know, it was really good to get out to see all those guys. They got a really good team, really young team, and they were very similar to where we were in last last year, just how young they are. But it was a lot of fun to get out there. I don't skate very often, let alone put hockey pads on. So it was a great experience, a lot of fun, and they have a tremendous team and look forward to watching them uh, this season. And then when you talk about the 2020s, You know, a lot of our time is spent on those 2020s right now, but it's also looking ahead to 2021. But mostly it's solidifying those 2020s, making sure that, you know, guys are doing what they're supposed to do in the classroom, getting the grades they're supposed to be getting and and working really hard, checking in with their guidance counselors and their teachers and their professors and things like that. So, um, you know, I'm proud of where we're at for 2020, but we'll never stop recruiting uh, that class until, uh, you know, until it's all over.
0: Okay, they're already speculating about you leaving here for one of the big-time jobs. Are you happy here?
5: Minnesota is a big-time job, period. Uh, I really believe that. You know, Heather and I absolutely love it in Minnesota. Our kids love it uh, when they're here, Um, and, you know, it's a lot of fun. So we've got a lot of work to do and a lot of things to finish, Uh, but we love living here for sure.
4: Now here's one off the beat I was watching high school football this uh, last week of course we covered a lot in, in, in section playoffs and there were a lot decided by extra points field goals missed extra points field goals and I thought how do you do, at your level when you evaluate kickers maybe punters as well, but kickers for sure because you don't see it that much and, and it's different conditions in high school do you go primarily off of kicking camps because it seems to me it's hard to get a good gauge on high school kickers
5: yeah well first of all, you got to be able to see them kick in a game somehow some way I think Rob Wenger does a really good job of evaluating that when they're in a pressure situation and hopefully you're at a game or have a game footage of game winners and things like that where you know they've actually done that. But really it comes down to camps, seeing them live, seeing them in the summer, you know, seeing them have the ability to, you know, compete against each other and that that's the only time you really get a chance to do it. So it's a very very difficult um position to recruit and to evaluate. But um you know, I think uh you know, we have some kickers that can continue to compete and continue to get better, and that's what we're going to keep working on.
3: B.J., uh, a little later in the show, we're going to have Bobby Bell as a guest, and he's going to be at the goal line club on Friday. At the game on Saturday, Bobby Bell was maybe the greatest for football player I saw in my lifetime. Is he so far back that can the kids identify with somebody like Bobby Bell? Because I'm sure you're going to find a way to get him in proximity to your team.
5: Absolutely. He's been in front of the team before, and you know, I think a lot of our players – know who he is because of who we've told them who he is and they've done their little bit of their homework as before we have speakers i asked them to do but you know they they know that he's one of the one of the best gophers ever if not the best gopher ever Uh, bobby's done so much for our program and the university of minnesota before me when i've been here and then you know after me he's just um he's a special human being and he loves the minnesota university of minnesota i mean he absolutely loves it and, you know, he's got all those things. That most of my office is full of Bobby Bell's merchandise. I mean, I've got, you know, i got chapstick. I've got barbecue uh, sauce. <laughs> he's got it all, man. It, it's amazing. And every time Heather sees him, uh, he's, got a, he's got a little chapstick for her. So uh, he's consistent.
4: Well, you could, you could have him suit up, too, and show the players. Because when you see him, PJ, isn't that what strikes he He looks like he could put the pads on right now.
5: He sure does. I tell you what, he'd be the first one off the bus. Right by Daniel Fonley. You'd make sure of that. I would make sure of it. You bet. Sid?
0: How important will the crowd be in the involvement in this game?
5: I think it's really important. You know, this is what college football is all about. you got two 8-0 football teams, two top 13 teams, two top 15 teams uh, in the country playing at TCF Bank Stadium on a a noon Eastern, 11 uh, Central kickoff. I mean, this is what it's all about. Uh, Gophers are in, in the hunt for the... Big 10 West title race. I mean, this is what we said could happen at this point. And here we are. So I, I know our fans will be there. I know it's going to be a, an electric atmosphere. I know our fans are going to be able to provide that for us. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And we talk about one of the biggest games in Minnesota history. It's fun to be a part of. And I want everybody to be a part of that and experience that and really help us. So uh, I know our, our game day crew's got a ton of uh, ton of things planned for people that are coming to the game. So it'll be a lot of
3: fun. P.J., during the week I had a chance to uh, go to the banquet uh, Carter Coughlin was recognized, uh, got one of the major awards, and had a chance to speak. If anybody wonders about the kids in your program and being more than just football, anybody would have heard Carter Coughlin speak, as, as well as some of the other representatives. Uh, it was really impressive.
5: They're really impressive young men, you know, especially those seniors. They've been through a lot. And when we put, when we put things in front of them when we first got here, there were some people that, that left, people that stayed, stayed for a little bit and left, and then there's people who are fully committed. And the guys like Carter Coughlin, he's fully committed. And, you know, there's 85 players with a 3.0 or higher right now. I think that's incredible uh, to continue to promote because I think that just shows that these are student-athletes. These aren't just football players on Saturday. And They take it very serious, um, and they've been out in our community a lot more than they ever have been. And I give them a lot of credit because their their schedules, is, if somebody liked like to be able to see a student-athlete schedule, it's unbelievable. From 6 in the morning all the way to 11 at night, uh, they work really hard. And I'm really glad that you were at that banquet.
4: BJ, yeah, the whole, uh, came out of this, you know, the NCAA made a ruling on, you pay for all that. We can't get our arms around it. How, what's in the coaching fraternity? What's the buzz on that?
5: Well, we, I think everybody at the beginning, said change is inevitable and somehow, some way that was going to be able to happen. Uh, one thing I love about the university of Minnesota is, you know, we're always going to provide most elite experience for our student athletes and, uh, you know, work along with the big 10 side by side of providing that type of experience. And, Uh, whether you want to call it a change to a scholarship or whether you want to call it the NIL. And there's a lot more things to go through with the NIL NIL right now in terms of the legal battle that will continue to go. But uh, I support anything that's better, that makes our student-athletes better and their experience better at the University of Minnesota. And I'm so glad that we have the support back from Mark Coyle and President Gable on that.
0: How excited are your players about this game?
5: Well, you know, it's really hard to just get excited for one game more than the other because they're all really important. And if we didn't win the eight before, it wouldn't matter as much. And so I think that, you know, you've got to take it in stride. We, we definitely enjoyed where we were at 8-0 and after the 8-0 and game against Maryland. And then we were able to to get back to work. And that's the one thing I love about this football team is they love to go back to work. They love to to, to find a way to get better. That's hard to find with teams around the country. They love getting better. They love each other. And they love the process, which is what you promote as a coach, but a lot of times you don't get it back where this is a team that you're getting it back from. And I respect them wholeheartedly for it.
3: PJ, there are four games left to play. The the red shirt rule is you can play four games. I know you guys keep very careful track of this. How satisfied are you right now with your position vis-a-vis people getting in their four games or having games remaining?
5: I think we're in a great position. I think we've handled it pretty well. Uh, you always look back as you go back when the season's over and say, okay, I wish I would have done this a little bit more because you know the outcome. But, you know, we still have three games left with Cam Wiley, and, you know, we want to hold on to that with him and, and put him in certain games and have packages for him and, and do some other things in special teams for him as well. But you also don't know if you're going to need him at tailback somehow, some way. So you've got to make sure that it's only three more games, and, um, you know, we'll find a way to be able to do that. But that's the story for a lot of other guys. Some guys have already burned their red shirt, and we won't use them again. But I think we're we're getting people involved, uh, especially towards the end of the season when we're going to need some more guys that we can still keep the red shirt.
0: Has any one team played Penn State really tough, tougher than the others?
5: Well, I think well the one thing that shows is their dominance. You know, no matter who they play, they play at an incredibly high level, and I think that's uh, you know, that, that's appropriate to say that that's the, the the characteristic of an elite football team is no matter who they play, they play at an elite level. So we've got to worry about us. We've got to take care of us. We've got to be our best football team we could possibly be because they are very talented. Uh, they, they have consistently shown that, and uh, we've got to be at our best.
4: Were you disappointed the game day didn't decide to come here? <laughs> no. We did everything we could, but I think everybody knew in the back of their
5: mind it's hard to turn down a, <laughs> yeah. you know, a game of the century, 1-2 in Tuscaloosa. Uh, I get it that there's two no football teams, but one ranks one's ranked 5, one ranks 13. And the other ones are 1-2. Are one, so that's a really, really special game uh, that it's really hard to be able to turn down. So I uh, completely understand it 100%. And uh, we're going to have to find a way to have our, our TV crews or you guys have our own type of game day here. We'll find a
3: way. <laughs> PJ, my last question before Sid wraps it up. And the end of the Maryland game, you had a chance to play some kids that nobody had seen before and I think the fans really enjoyed it. they got to look at guys. They've had, they had to look at their programs and say, who are these guys? you had a new quarterback in there, two new running backs. And all of a sudden people thought, boy, their guys on this team were good that we haven't even heard of.
4: Yeah,
5: I think that's what's really exciting. You remember When we first took over, we said, we're going to make this a developmental program. And what we meant by that was, you know, we were going to be able to take high school student-athletes, bring them in, play them. For the first few years, we're going to have to be really young, really inexperienced, play those young guys. And then as those young guys get older, now you can redshirt your freshmen as they come in, and then you can continue to provide that depth. And what you can do is reload instead of rebuild every year. And that's what we are getting to. We're still not there yet, but we're making strides towards it. But people got to see, you know, people like Trey Potts and Jacob Clark and Harry Van Dyne made a nice catch, and you know, there's some a lot of young defensive linemen. Uh, D'Angelo Carter made some big plays for us, so it was it was really good for for our fans to be able to see who's who's you know who's behind the curtain. Uh, and as we continue to go, you know, some of those guys might even get in again, just based on the redshirt rule.
0: BJ, there are chickens left for this game, and they need your support. That would be a big difference to have the fan interest in this game and scream and yell and uh, hope that they can't uh, let. Uh, Penn State, Audible and stuff like that. And, and you, Penn State, you, uh, P.J. Fleck, will get you a murder certificate to the best sake in town. You have done one fantastic job, and the university should do
3: everything to keep you here. Well,
5: I appreciate it, guys. Appreciate the time. Brother Boat Sky Ma, go Gophers. Talk to you soon.
3: All right, this is P.J. Fleck, back with more right after this. Sports huddle. said Dave and Mike. All right, we are back. The two most important notices if you're a football fan. Mahomes out, Thielen in. Thielen is active for the Vikings today. Uh, A lot of the talk in this game is the Viking offense, and certainly Kevin Stefanski, been a major part of that in in the planning, game planning. Sid had a chance to catch up with them. Let's listen in.
2: Talk about your new offense. How's it working? I think we're eight games into the season, so I think we have a pretty good sample size of, of what we look like. I think what we've done well... Is we found ways to be explosive in the run in the past game. I think in this day and age, you have to be able to do that because you need some big plays to move the ball in these defenses because there's some pretty salty fronts out there.
0: How's Who big work with you?
2: Uh, Gary's doing great. Um, he's, he's been a great influence on me as a coach, as a person. And then Clint, as our quarterback's coach, I think is as thorough as they come. He's really preparing his guys to play.
0: The offensive line playing well?
2: They're playing well, and those guys, you know, they play well together. That's what's most important. They communicate. They understand each other. When, when we're on point and our communication is good, we've, we've been pretty good.
0: Some of your new guys doing well on offense.
2: Yeah, the rookies are doing a nice job, and that's a testament uh, to their coaches and them as players. Eight games into it, they may not be rookies anymore. And I think you see some guys that are, are performing well, and they're and we're asking a lot of them, and I think they're doing a nice job.
0: There's coming? Roll, roll, roll down a lot more i'm sorry his cousins is rolling out a lot more
2: yeah i think that's definitely a, a strong suit of his game is getting him on the move and making plays from uh, the perimeter and making plays outside the pocket so it's going to continue to be a part of who we are and what allows us to do that is the threat of the run game
0: how would you just describe your new offense
2: uh, I don't know, Sid. I think it's the 2019 Minnesota Vikings offense. We hope that it's uh, something that allows our guys to play fast and, and play well and, and put the ball in a bunch of different people's hands and let them light up and do their thing. How about Cook? Pretty special player. Uh, he's making plays with the ball in his hand, whether as a runner or as a pass receiver. We ask a lot of him, and nobody prepares harder than that kid.
0: Dave, what's he going for- Crazy, <laughs> who's that? Dibs,
2: Dibs, Diggs.
0: Who is here? Your...
2: Stefan. Stefan Diggs. Yeah, he's doing a nice job. He's uh, he's been very. He's made some really big plays in this in this uh, offense, and I think moving forward, we're going to ask that of him each game. And and there's, you know, at times there's there's big plays to be had. Other times defenses are going to try and take him away, and then the ball's going to go. Uh, to another player that hopefully can, uh, you know, again be explosive any which way we can.
0: Do you have any new players who are doing well?
2: Well, we mentioned that rookie class with Garrett, Bradbury, and Irv Smith, Alexander, Madison, Olabisi, Johnson, all giving us meaningful snaps this season. And I, there's a bunch of other guys that we're excited about. So, again, it's it's on those guys. They're working really hard, and I think their position coaches are doing a great job of developing those guys and getting them ready.
3: Yeah. All right, just a little tease for what's coming up in the eleven o'clock hour. Maybe a surprise guest at eleven oh seven. Depends whether or not we can get him to pick up his phone. But if we can't it'd be great. Bobby Bell at 1120, Lindsay Whalen at 1130, and Glenn Mason, eleven forty. You're listening to Sports Hotel with Sid, Dave, and Mike. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with hot buys, your choice of
1: colors starting at just 399. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at 250. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattresses